Welcome back to another episode of My Funny Friends. I am Drew Harrison, stand-up comedian from Nashville. As always, I got my lovely co-host with me, the uh, daddy of Nashville comedy. Oh, yes. um, he uh, just made his Zany's debut, and he is lighting the scene on fire. Got a couple albums out. Make sure you go check those out. It's the infamous Will Abels. Infamous. Will Abel's the daddy of the Nashville comedy scene. <laughs> uh, it's like this thing where like I say it and it's just above the top arrogance and then someone else says it. I'm like, stop. <laughs> uh, well, well, Will, I am I am all introed out because I, I saved all of my intro energy for for yours. So if you could please tell our listeners who our wonderful guest is this episode. Of course. And as always, thank you, Drew, for putting in such high energy into that intro. I hey, mean, just welcome. the same tone the whole way yeah, through. Felt know, great. Crushed. Loved it. So our guest for this evening, a dear friend of mine, we moved to Nashville around the same time. I think all three of us. Yeah. Around the yeah. same time. Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm the new, uh, I was a little later than you, but you, two months, three months, whatever it was. He's done comedy in New York. He's done comedy in LA. And we're going to talk about his experiences starting out in Charleston and his upbringing and all that good stuff he's had a wild he's, ride he's yeah he runs a he runs a great uh, online show called show and tell which you can check out on youtube and on his instagram and uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about his his, his his history being employed by tmz and he's uh, about two blocks from me so this is really fun that we're zooming <laughs> two blocks away <laughs> uh but everyone uh, welcome evan burke everyone evan burke <sighs> hey thanks for having me thanks for having me would have loved to do it in person but there would have been an echo you know yeah. Same room, yeah. you know. Yeah. We can the logistics, well. nightmare I just, logistics. I would just turn and yeah. be like, Evan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So one thing I learned about learned at TMZ: two mics. You know, you're going to get an echo. Yeah, and I, and I would have walked into my own living room, and you would have just been like watching Yellowstone on your own. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, well, that's what. That's what. Yeah, you might be the daddy of Nashville comedy. Well, I'm. I feel like the grandfather, the young grandfather. Yes. Nice. Yeah, man. No, I I love that this is our first like guest episode after the the kind of the rebrand of such because we all kind of did gravitate towards each other, you know, being we all were, you know, established in comedy elsewhere. And we moved to uh, at least I moved to Nashville for more opportunities, more stage time, better shows. I don't know <laughs> if that was y'all's driving force or not. But yeah, like we we somehow have become pretty good friends uh, in our short time in Nashville. So it's it's only fitting. Evan, that you were our, our first guest. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I started doing comedy in the South. You know, one of my motivations was to kind of get back to the South and do comedy. You know, yeah, better opportunities South. and stuff like that. But honestly, yeah, I mean, just the South is such a fun place to do it. Love it, yeah, man. yeah. So, where did you start doing comedy? You started in in Charleston. So I started doing comedy in in Charleston, South Carolina, in, in two thousand and nine. Okay. I was 18 years old. Oof. I was a yeah, I was a freshman in college at the College of Charleston. And yeah, I mean, I did my first open mic maybe October of my freshman year at like a dive bar right around the corner from my dorm. I lived at a dorm in downtown Charleston right near Marion Square 
called College Lodge. It looks like this old motel. <laughs> it sounds uh, like a actually, terrible motel. You don't want to stay. Yeah, yeah. Elvis actually stayed in there back when he was touring, and that was like an old motel. That's okay. what they, they turned. And then they well, they turned it into a a college dorm, and the room was basically like an old motel room where you know there's two beds, and then there's a a, a little sink and a and a bathroom. And then, you know, it's got like the outdoor balconies and stuff like that. So every, <laughs> yeah. ev- so every, every room is like an, has like an outdoor. What a great option. idea for old, uh, like just rundown hotels, college well, stores. Yeah, no, but uh, right around the corner on King street above Gilroy's pizza. I don't know if you're familiar with Gilroy's. It's like the pizza I mean, you is had not me very pizza. good. Ah. <laughs> Pizza's not very good, but it's known as this place where like, if you're a chick in college and you want free pizza, you know, you can kind of show them your chest and uh, you'll get free pizza. So real oh, classy I, spot. I didn't know it was going that direction. I thought it was going to be like, Hey, you're beautiful. Yeah. Here's a pizza. Not, uh, not like, no, 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 but now shirt. you're really beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it's you know what I want to see. It's gross. Yeah. And then above that was this dive bar called the Upper Deck Tavern. Really grungy, kind of smell weird. Upper Deck Tavern. Yeah, the Upper Deck really just, yeah, it really, they called it a tavern. I mean, there was no food. I don't know if you need to have food at a tavern. Yeah, this place had no food. It's a deal breaker. uh, Yeah, and I was... I was 18 years old. I was using my cousin's real ID to get in because, Excellent. you know, as we all know, a lot of Jews look alike. And uh, so people really... Hey, your words, your words. Yeah, people had a hard time really. I mean, it was a real ID that scanned. It, it wasn't expired and, and it worked. And so for like my first year of comedy was doing this open mic and it was hosted by dusty slay who's who's uh (laughs) now become a name in comedy which is pretty exciting yeah but yeah it was a real i mean that was my first year comedy was being a a college student and and doing the dive bar yeah my first time i went up there i ended up doing like 18 minutes my first time doing (laughs) stand-up was was it on purpose or was it just like uh oh i I didn't see the light i didn't see the light no it, well, it was a classic Evan Burke, and if and if you knew Dusty at the time, it was a classic Dusty because Dusty yeah. was the host. But you know, at the time, Dusty was drinking a lot, and he liked to party. He liked to step outside and smoke cigarettes. And then Dusty was a man about town, so people would see him on the street. And then next thing you know, you're on stage. Like, where's the host? I guess I'll just keep going. And that, yeah. I mean, literally, that was my first time doing comedy, and. And I, you know, I've always been good with public speaking. Like I did, uh, I was on debate team in high school and, and stuff like that. And so that wasn't really the issue, but yeah, I mean, and I just remember Dusty coming up and I remember him asking, being like, have you done five minutes? I'm like, dude, I'm pretty sure I've done, like, I need to not be here. Like, everyone, everyone, Please come no take this really microphone. Got mad at me. I mean, no one got mad at me because everybody was just drunk. Like this, this was a you know yeah you're downstairs you're downstairs getting seeing boobs eating pizza going upstairs and seeing evan burke do 25 minutes for his first time in comedy <laughs> yeah I mean, really, yeah i mean interesting crew that was in that you know uh derek humphrey was there new yep. york comic who will able to know that yeah 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 so uh 
Which is that just yeah. that to me is the best part is Derek yeah. just standing in the back frowning. <laughs> no, I mean at the time, yeah, yeah. Derek would, would have at the time Derek would have been so mad at me. I was this new guy. I was young. I'm <laughs> yeah, talking about right. like all this stuff, you know. But but none of them knew that I was 18. They didn't find out my age until my 21st birthday. Oh, genius! You had you kept that secret, and then literally, yeah. and then and then they. I blew their minds you, <laughs> on, their, on my 21st birthday. Can you imagine Dude. like wanting to celebrate your 21st birthday and you'd be like, it's my 21st. They're like, wait a minute. You've been hanging no, they're out like, for a hot minute. Yeah, they're, they're like, how long have we known you? <laughs> yeah. what, what was the yeah. bar's reaction when you whipped your 20, your like actual <laughs> yeah. IDL? Were they just like, you're like, it's my birthday. And they're like, well, isn't your birthday, isn't your birthday yeah. uh, like Three. six I mean, years I, ago? <laughs> Yeah, and I guess at that point, we stopped doing the upper deck. The upper deck was like my mm-hmm. freshman year of college. Okay. That's where I was doing it. And then the, my when I came back from my sophomore year, because I would basically go to college and I would go back to Atlanta. And I would do some comedy when I'd go back to Atlanta. Like they had the place called The Funny Farm connected mm-hmm. to Andretti's. I don't know, if, Drew, if you ever did that in the I South. Did not, but I did not. It, uh, it was I that not. I didn't. It was not that enjoyable, funny um, but farm. it was fine. Yeah, and then I would do like Laughing Skull, and I would, tr- you know, I would try and do these little indie shows, and then I would go back to Charleston the next year, and be like, God, I hope there's still a comedy scene, you know. I hope there's still. <laughs> and then the next year, like I went back, like Dusty was like nowhere to be found. The open mic wasn't really happening. I ended up finding out about shows going on at this this place called the Palmetto Comedy House in North Charleston, South Carolina. It was connected to a Clarion Hotel next to the Greyhound bus station. Not a safe neighborhood, like, at all. Multiple times that I I did shows there, police were called. Because people didn't (laughs) want to pay, like, the $5. It was, like, two drink minimum or $5. Right. Two drink minimum or $5. And the amount of times that that led to, like, the police being called was just insane. Wild. That's a, that's the indie uh, show in the south. If I've ever heard it. So then, show. yeah. So then my so then my second year, I came back talking about you know a whole bunch of different stuff because I was like pandering, we'll say. <laughs> yeah. So you're going back and forth between Atlanta and Charleston, right? And Atlanta's where yeah. you're originally from. Yeah, I'm right? originally from Atlanta, born and raised. My whole family from yeah. Marietta, Georgia, Cobb yeah. County. Go Braves. Go Braves. we did sure go bridge here we go yeah Yeah. (laughs) so what okay so you're you're in atlanta right and you decide to go to college charleston so what about being raised in atlanta or if it did at all contribute to you wanting to start stand-up comedy yeah well i mean a lot a lot i guess you know i always felt like i had really funny friends i always felt like me like almost like super bad type stuff (laughs) But even like, you know, where you're like, oh, man, like, are we are we like the funniest friend group of all time? You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, I always yeah. thought that like each one of my friends was like hilarious. And I always thought that like combined, it would be like one of the funniest people. You well, know, what thank I mean? you so much for going into stand up comedy and not all forming an improv troupe. Instead, I. Instead, I absorbed all the things that I thought were funny about them. No, I'm joking. Um, But no, I mean, I don't know. It's like when I was growing up, you know, I just felt like I was up to a lot of 
I mean, we, we've got into trouble a lot. We were up to like, no good. I felt like I was really kind of pushing like an envelope, but I was also working a lot growing up Jewish in the South provided yeah, like a, a, yeah. a different perspective on things. Yeah, so, you know, and then, I mean, I did debate team when I was in high school, which really, I mean that, if anything, that's really what I think got me to want to explore comedy was I, because through debate, you have like the debate and argument side where you have like a topic and you have evidence and all that. But then there's this other side called like dramatic interpretation and humorous interpretation and stuff like that, where you're more like doing acting, like you'll memorize like a 10 minute bit and then you and another person will perform it or maybe you'll perform it together. Like I remember one of the first things that I ever did in debate was I took the like the the play extremely loud and incredibly close i don't know if you guys know that yeah. movie or play but it's about yeah. like 9 11 basically took that and condensed it into like a 10 minute monologue with the help of like my debate coach and it was all his idea like he basically was like i think you should do this and i'm going to help you Some nice and we content. did it and i just won awards like every time i did it so words just yeah, I was flying in, out. I was, in, I was in like ninth or 10th grade. My Spanish teacher was like, you know, because I was always trying to be funny in class was like, yeah, right. he, he was like, yo, I think you should join debate. Like he had to recruit people because nobody was, <laughs> right. joined, you know, you mean the sign up um, sheet wasn't getting full. Yeah. Up on and, 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 and Georgia, come on. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so I started doing that and it ended up going really well. And then also at debate, they had this thing called like, you know, impromptu, where literally you would uh -oh. show up, you would show up to your little round, you would be given a word, and then everybody had to riff on that word, and then the judge would rank you. And See, I would have done debate team if, yeah, if, if, if I knew this is what it was. Like, yeah. they did not do a good job of advertising what this actually was. Like, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, it sounds like so a I, free class uh, to UCB. <laughs> right, right, right. So I straight up got recruited, and and that's what really made me. I mean, the debate team is integral in all of it because, like, that's what made me realize, like, oh, I'm a public speaker. I can command a room, and I like doing it. And then, you know, one of the reasons that that I got into comedy, everyone's like, oh, was there this moment where you're like, I have to get on stage? You know, like, what what yeah. was that for you? I mean. That moment for me was my senior year of high school when my debate team, we were on our way to a, a tournament, University of Florida. I just uh, picture you in your Letterman jacket uh, on yeah. the way to the debate team. I, I mean, yeah, I, and you're just, I, you all have a tie. I, I the duffel bag. Yeah, you're like the mathletes yeah. from uh, <laughs> what's, what's the movie with? Uh, we were like that. A couple of people had Letterman jackets. I mean, all the people with Letterman jackets in my school were either like, at least on the debate team, it was because they were in band also. Like, no uh, one got okay. the Letterman right. jacket got, just for <laughs> the debate. The Not debate the soccer letter. team or anything. Just, yeah, you yeah. weren't you weren't for like Mean Girls when like you're the dude that walks yeah. in. He's just super confident about being on the mathletes. <laughs> yeah. But no, we were just like a normal crew. And actually, you know, my 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 teacher did a really or the, the coach did a really good job recruiting people that were were cool and good at debate and yeah, you're all cool. Really, you're all definitely cool. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We cool. had a good time. <laughs> but no, I mean I got into a, a pretty wild car accident on a debate tournament 
that see they, they were the bad like boys of debate. The whole give them yeah, a second. I mean, all right? Dude, okay. All right. I mean, yeah. I mean, we uh, you know, Bill riding on motorcycles. Two thousand eight. <laughs> you know, we're driving and we get into yeah. this kind of wild car accident, and and then that you know ultimately you know when I get, ended up going to college, they didn't really have a debate team. I had this like weird you know reaction to this near death experience where then like, I was, that was just, the... like I'm going to go do jokes at a dive bar now you know right like that was the um that was like the car accident you talk about on stage right that was the car accident yeah yeah okay interesting yeah, yeah. and so that happened on a school field trip well, that's good you were able to turn it into you know stuff on your for your bits you know yeah i mean it's all it's all connected but no i mean debate team the biggest part of my upbringing and growing up in the South, you know, is, you know, then it helped me be confident, you know, cause I wasn't necessarily the most confident uh, kid growing up, you know, yeah. like, yeah, I grew up in I Marietta, Georgia, Cobb County, you know, we're like at, at one point in time at my high school, you know, dusty roads, the American dream, you know, like both of his kids were going to my high school, yeah. like all American wrestlers, like, um, you know, Slowly we had going to wrestling podcast. We had, it's gonna happen. We had, yeah, we had three major league baseball coaches' children at our school from the break. Also playing, yeah. Well, we, Ned Yost's kids was, yeah, was there. Ned, Freddy, I miss Freddie. Yeah, Freddie Gonzalez's kids were there. I don't miss. Um, I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> but no, I mean, so you know, we grew up like in East Cobb, you know, where East Cobb baseball, you know, they basically create major league baseball players. So like. You know, football was huge. Lacrosse was huge. I wasn't good at sports. You know what I mean? So doing debate helped, you know, find a voice, you know, and just be comfortable with myself. You know, they made me, yeah. oh find my God, talents. I'll never forget. Yeah. Dude, I'll never forget my uh, debate coach, maybe like 10th or 11th grade. Like we had video morning announcements and oh, I had yeah. to go on the video morning announcements and like do my act out bit that I was going to like do at the tournament. Yeah, that's cool. So I was, so, I mean, it was cool, but also like, I don't know what people were saying. Right. I, I, I wasn't I, getting yeah. invited. It was cool to me. I had my friends and we're still boys, like all my day ones, but like, I wasn't getting, I wasn't getting invited to any external hangouts. You know what I mean? Yeah. The yeah. yeah. list wasn't you know? growing because of the debate team. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, yeah, when you're in high school, they're like, can you throw a football? Not like, will you maybe be in a sitcom by the time you're 60? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, I need that instant, I need that instant gratification. Yeah. For for the uh for the video morning announcements, because we, we did that in middle school. We didn't have that in high school. And I signed up and they kept making me a director, and it drove me mad because I was like, Daddy wants to shine. You know what I mean? Like I want to. <laughs> Uh, I'm on air talent. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was like, uh, excuse me, uh, these braces need to glow, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was gonna say, well, well, I remember though that was my first experience, like when I did get on air, of being like, oh wait, you don't get like an immediate gratification for this. <laughs> You're like, not you, like, a superstar. Like, well, it just mean meaning like you make a joke and it's silent, mm -hmm. and and so I, I remember being like 13, and that was the first i think real experience i had with bombing essentially even though i don't know if i did or didn't like i had you know my my, my friends watching and being like there's will being an idiot you know yeah, yeah, yeah but that that was like the first of like if whenever i bomb on stage now i feel like i can look back at that moment of feeling this just like gut wrenching wrenching just like 
awfulness uh, and, uh, and just embarrassment and just anxiety. And I was like 13 and, and yeah. then, and somehow that translates to, I want to do this every night. Well, so, well, <laughs> something in you died and you, yeah. you couldn't get it back. Mm. So you had right. to feel that death with yeah. doing this every night. Yeah. And, it, mm. and I had to build at the ripe old age of 12 or 13 years yeah. old. Yeah. You really well, should. At least you guys had like, like the bait team and then like the video like what got me what sunk me into performance and being in front of people was uh i was on my church my youth groups traveling <laughs> sketch team <laughs> we went to churches doing jesus sketches Did and you that's do, when like, i was like i've got to be the center of attention like uh jacob jacob and the technicolor dream Dude, and all no, that no, kind of stuff no 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 like like we did like uh sketches to songs like we did you know turn around the total no. eclipse of my heart total no. eclipse yeah. of the heart. yeah we had yeah. a pretty pretty badass sketch to that and then we had an, our big closer our big finale uh i was jesus on the cross i'm dead they put me in my tomb and it's this little contraption we built on this plank with wheels and when the thunder would hit the music i would slide disappear and we'd have we would have an exit sketched out to where i would go around the building and just come through the front doors like <laughs> oh i didn't announce how i was gonna end but that's even Dude, better people <laughs> lose their mind i was like 13 14 and people were like and jesus just, and i'm like whoa, and then you whoa, just whoa. do it then you just do a split and you're just, I just like, had doves right, coming right, out right. this is this is a wonderful insight into like maybe evan's experience of being jewish in the south because <laughs> jesus man yeah that is it's a so thing bad. that like i never really thought about growing up Cause like I'm, you know, I'm from Maryland, right? Like I'm just below the Mason Dixon line, but like, but you ain't in the South, right? Like, like Pennsylvania, I think is like more so identifies the South than parts of Maryland, right? <laughs> they <laughs> they don't like them to, either. It's okay. They want to, right? Yeah, but there, there are a couple comics from the South that I know they're Jewish. That like they've always been like, yeah, it's like a weird experience being Jewish in the South. And I never, like, I was like, I don't know, but just hearing that story alone is like, oh, oh yeah, 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 okay. Got it. Yeah, I mean, I grew. I mean, I was in what fifth grade when Passion of the Christ came out. That was <laughs> wild. Did you? Did that was, was that an experience at school? Was that like uh, you're walking in, and everyone's going, "Oh, dude, do you know? Do you know what you did?" And you're like, yeah. "I'm 11." <laughs> yeah, it became, it became Passion of the Christ on the playground every day, dude. I just got chased. <laughs> my hair got, you know, I was gelling my hair, so everybody was messing it up um yeah we i mean it was it was crazy i mean i also like when i was growing up i um you know there were like jewish camps like uh, sleepaway camps that you can right. uh, like go to you know and right. but for whatever reason i got my, my parents sent me to a ymca sleepaway camp for many years in a row and i had fun it was ymca camp thunderbird lake wiley south carolina nice drew do you know about it i don't man i went it's right the only camps, the only i never actually got to go to like camp camp like my mom yeah. was like you're gonna be a baseball player so every camp i went to was baseball camps for like weeks baseball, at a time. yeah yeah, uh, so yeah I, I had like cub scouts and boy scouts <laughs> and that was like my secret growing up like cub scouts like yeah. everyone was in cub scouts but when i kept doing boy scouts through high school that was like my i didn't let anybody know like i had a, I had a friend That's rightfully so that's fine yeah i had a friend named calvin and like we used to talk about it as like it was almost like it was like calvin and i were dating and we weren't comfortable coming out 
that was like, and so we'd see each other at, uh, at school and be like, so Scout Honor. I mean, I'll see you tonight. I'll see you tonight. And then, like, when I got my Eagle Scout, like, all of my friends were like, You were in Boy what? Scouts? And I was just like, Yeah, I just didn't tell you because you're all bullies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you're at this, you're at this sleepaway camp. And yeah, so I'm at y, you know, YMCA camp, Lake Wiley. And I mean, I went there starting very young. And I'll never forget, I mean, a couple of moments. Like, there was, I mean, yeah, the fir- I remember the first year I went, I was maybe eight, and my brother was going to the camp with me. He was four years older, but I was, you know, in a different cabin or bunk. And uh, I just remember every night the the counselor would read a Bible verse to everybody, like everybody would oh, get in yeah, a circle yeah. on the floor. But he would make a point to be like, Evan, you don't have to. <laughs> You're eight. <laughs> and it just like singled me out to the whole group like immediately and that's like and i don't know why i don't maybe i made a joke that's like oh i'm jewish maybe i shouldn't like i probably did i was always trying to get a laugh you know what i mean right and he's like uh, pointing at you directly and he's like uh except for you get you go over there you're fine you can you can go like pick up pine cones put your, I put your fingers in your ears and go la 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 and we'll tell you when we're done <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was very weird. But no, and so then, I mean, there were a couple of, uh, you know, and then they would do, you know, we would go to, I mean, there was a lot of church stuff at this camp. And I'm like, I don't, I mean, I don't think my parents ever really knew, but it was fine. I mean, I, I'm all about it, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. whatever. I mean, Let's yeah, go. right. Yeah. <laughs> it's better to lean into it, you know what I mean, than be caught off guard because it's everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I love, I don't know. Uh, this is a, a pretty, uh, good time to transition into like being doing comedy in the south what's the weirdest thing someone has been weirded out by what you said on comedy on stage and come up to you after show oh my gosh like i for instance Uh, had a i had a i had a joke that used to be about jehovah's witnesses mm -hmm. and it was just about how you would if it in the south sometimes you'll run to your mailbox in your underwear it's just a fun game we play. And then I talked about how the Jehovah's Witness came around the corner. They caught me. I had to listen to their spiel. But <laughs> they came when I got off stage, I had a guy just hand me a Jehovah's Witness card. No. He didn't say a word. He didn't say anything. He just handed me the card, gave me a and walked away. He placed a bomb on yeah. your card. I was like, what the <laughs> what the fuck? Did I just get like cursed? Or like what what just happened? Oh. Yeah, I mean, if anything, it's more, it's not even like so much about my, like my religion so much as it'll be like people react strong, like politically. Like I remember I was telling jokes about Mitt Romney back Mm -hmm. then, you know, and some guy just decides to, in the middle of my set, just be like, excuse me, I got to ask, do you pay (laughs) taxes? Do you even pay taxes? Because at the time, like I was... You know, I was maybe 21. You know what I mean? And here I am having opinions, you know, opinions on, on Mitt Romney. Romney. And the president, yeah, as, yeah. If, How dare as if, you. like, any of the real, like, policies would, would be affecting me at that point. And I just what? remember the guy. And that was a real moment for me being like, oh, gosh, like... <laughs> I don't know how I come off I don't know how I come off to this guy, but he he assumed that I felt a certain way when really I was just like trying to like make fun of Mitt Romney because we right. all were, weren't we? I think. Yeah. 
I thought so. Yeah, I mean, are it was so much fun like, making fun of it, Romney. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and the guy just goes, excuse me, let me ask you, sir, do, do you pay taxes? <laughs> Did he call you sir at 21? Like, calling a 21-year-old sir is probably the best part of all of it. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just, you're just like, I like you hold your idea up, like you're just yeah. now able to drink, and <laughs> now also you're a sir. Uh, sir. Yeah. Excuse me, sir. I just was not. Yeah, I was like, well, I'm gonna hold off on you know my Jesus bit. Then, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I did uh, one of my first shows ever, like longer sets ever. I was like, I was back in Hagerstown, and they had me do a show at midnight, and I was working on this bit about. I didn't really know what the stimulus package was in 2000. 10 or 11 whenever that went whenever that was happening but it was obama's stimulus package right oh you you babies you babies <laughs> do y'all even pay taxes now i, I don't <laughs> i do not pay taxes <laughs> i just charge my credit card and then uh, yeah. and then cry <laughs> but um i like i just knew that this thing existed and i made a joke of like i don't have a car in boston because obama didn't give me one in the stimulus package right and i just said it and it was working well in Boston, and it and in Hagerstown, some guy just yelled out something about Obama, and my dad was in the audience with my mom, and he turns and goes, "I think Will might have made a joke too smart for this audience," <laughs> and I think I was on stage for four more minutes, and I got just yelled at so much that I was like, "I'm not gonna talk about politics on stage for a long time, for a long time." Yeah. I still barely yeah. talk about it. I you hate know? talking yeah. about it. Yeah. But that's why I like being in the South, because I, I think it forces you to not talk about like politics, religion. Well, that's the two sex. things, right? You don't talk like, about like, politics yeah, and religion, it, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and you just don't lean on those things. Like those yeah. things do work in certain clubs and rooms and stuff like that. And, and it's always good to have like that, you know, those things in, yeah, your, in your back pocket, pocket and yeah, have sure. those jokes. But I don't know. It, you. I don't know. I, I like doing comedy in the South because it is people that just want to talk about like life. You know, they want to talk about yeah. like they really oh, just the want to have a good time oh, until you get off stage. You know I mean? Sometimes like, that's when I think that's when the real conversations start happening. You know, you get off stage and someone's like, "Well, let me talk to you about this." And you're like, "Can I just have a shot and go home?" I yeah. love no, my but, yeah, my favorite part of the, at, the, at the end of a Southern show is when they go, "What are we doing after this?" <laughs> yeah. Like, um, like on I, Thursday night, yeah, it's yeah. 80s, what yeah. are we doing after? <laughs> I don't know. What are like? Uh, what do you have in mind? Yeah. You tell me. We're in Marfa, Texas, and I'm by myself. <laughs> yeah. 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 You tell me. We're we're in Carrollton, Georgia. I don't know yeah. what is here. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I love. It, like, cause it's it's a roll of the dice. It's a coin toss every time when someone buys you a drink after the show. You know, a lot of times, sometimes they just want to ha appreciate you. You know, and and to do a tip of the cap. Sometimes they feel like they rented you out for the next thirty minutes. You know, remember what that I mean? guy at Wilmington. Remember the guy at Wilmington that just was like, "I'm the biggest fan of comedy," and then just paid for us for the rest of the night. Yeah, and then he found, he met a girl yeah. at the bar we went to, and he's like, "All right, fellas." See you guys. <laughs> he's like, yeah. "Yeah, yeah." We didn't pay for a drink at all that night. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, you didn't pay for a drink that night. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so um, you're doing you're doing comedy in Charleston, mm -hmm. and you end up in Los Angeles, right? That was your next destination. Well, no. Or so after Charleston was New York. Yeah. Oh, okay. so you were in New York before LA. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I realized that. Okay. Yeah. So I graduated from college 2013, moved to New York 2013, and I was in New York from September 2013 until until like May of 2017. 
How do okay. we not spend some run time into each you? other? Yeah. So well, I mean, yeah, I yeah, wasn't yeah. doing I wasn't doing comedy as aggressively. I would do comedy okay. here and there. I was producing some shows. I was doing mics, but I got to New York and and I immediately got like a job, a corporate job. So I was going to ask, what did you graduate? What degree did you graduate with? Uh, media communications and creative okay. writing. Okay, which is just the most lucrative. Yeah, job, I mean, uh, starting I mean, out. <laughs> Well, you know, what's funny is I got to New York and within about five months, I ended up getting a job at one of the top corporate crisis and financial PR firms on on the planet. The New York office is a receptionist and front office assistant. uh, (laughs) Yes. So literally, I, I, I was the first person everyone saw, guests, employees, everything. And I ended up becoming like good friends with people like every and I had to be I had to be at work every morning at like six. No, what time did I have to be there? Like 630 a.m. every day. Put the bagels down. You're making sure all the cake. I'm putting the bagels down. I'm turning coffees on. Yeah. No, because there's one person doesn't like cake cups. They want coffee in an actual pot. Then you're also putting the Starbucks order for the. Yeah. Yeah. But my colleague here, you know, the guy that just walked in used to be like the, you know, the you know, the spokesperson for the Pentagon, you know? So I'm like, Oh, these are cool people. You know what I mean? I'm like, I am in here right now. You know, know, I'm fielding calls from New York times all day type stuff, you know? So it was, uh, so I don't know, like I, I got to New York and I immediately found myself in this weird world. Yeah. And it was a great company where I was, you know, it was a British company. So really great benefits. I was getting like, <laughs> like, like, no, like, like I was getting, I was getting five weeks paid vacation a year plus an additional ten sick days a year. And you're a receptionist. And, was, and I'm the receptionist. That's amazing. Amazing. Paying attention, so America, like, huh? You seeing yeah. this? You know, so Norm, I'm, normal for everyone and, else. Amazing for us. Yeah. And not only that, like, I'm, I'm at this company that like likes to give people a shot. They like to promote people internally. You know, they basically build up people that become really great communications professionals, and then they go on to become like the head of communications at Bank of America. You know, oh like God. that's oh, wow. that's it's like okay. that's like the yeah. development program of like this company and like kind of what they do. And so, yeah, so I was like, I, I got to New York, and I, you know, I was doing comedy, and I was definitely the comedian in the office. I was definitely. I was, was going to ask, did you bring you it know? up? Like, was that the thing of you kind of did? Because you're what twenty two, <laughs> right? So 22 yes. 23 and that's the thing you had to bring up no matter like it, it was like no matter what it was it was like yeah sure i'm just answering phones now but when i get out of here i'm a stand-up well, less, comedian well less than yeah and less than a year before i was on the cover of the charleston city newspaper with them right. being like you know oh my god local comedian leaving so i'm like i use that in my job interview i'm like oh you guys are a pr firm you should see the pr i did for myself imagine what i could do for <laughs> and for the clients I, here say it right. hey you yeah. know and so i love it yeah i've seen that cover yeah. that is a that's a handsome that's a handsome young man on that cover so, yeah very <laughs> so photogenic I got to the office and you know i was you get to new york and that's when you immediately realize holy shit i thought i was funny and i'm not <laughs> no <one cares>. and, <laughs> and nobody cares <laughs> Yeah, nobody cares about that cover. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, yeah, right, right. And 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 you and and you realize like New York's exhausting, and like I, you know, and so I. You're always broke for the first five years. Yeah, in my case, the first all of it. 
and I really liked my job. Like I liked the yeah. community. I liked the people and the job did a really, they did a really good job of keeping people like hanging out with each other and all that stuff. So I had that job for 18 months before I got promoted to the creative video team within the company. Nice. And, uh, and then I did that for about another year and a half. And again, all the while, like I'm, you know, doing stand up, I'm, I'm, I'm producing a show at Much More's, you know, in uh, oh, see, I didn't, I didn't get into Much yeah, More's until like Williamsburg, you know, yeah, like around the time you left would have been around when I discovered yeah. Much More's, yeah, yeah, and I was doing the Jeff Lawrence, you know, Laughing Buddha, oh, I do Laughing Buddha, yeah. tapes and stuff. So we must, you know? we must have done some shows together then if you did Laughing Buddha. Yeah, but then there just came this moment where I was like, I don't know, my job felt like that was my future, like that could be my thing. Like I am plugged in here. This is a great company. I could stay here my whole life if I wanted to. And I probably could have. Yeah. I could have just continued to grow there. But after a certain amount of time, I was getting really antsy where I'm like, man, well, I moved here to New York to do comedy and my job doesn't really allow that. And if I yeah. keep going deeper and deeper into that, I really can't do comedy. And then there were a couple of projects we worked on that just made me realize like, I can't do this for a living. Yeah. The moral and, side added up. Yeah. You know, yeah. you just combine a couple of companies that aren't, you know, or you work on a project where, you know, a couple of companies are combined that aren't all that popular. And you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, I get it. Someone's got to do it. And I don't, I ain't going to be me. It's so weird um, that work when you realize your company's a little, it's an yeah, absolute that, that's, what, that's when you realize why you get five weeks vacation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Comply. Go yeah. Or, or, yeah. or you yeah. work for a company that is icky and doesn't give you five weeks vacation. Right, yeah. right, right. But it was a great, I mean, still a great company, great people. And the work that they do is, is you know, pretty great across the board. But I got to a point right around 2017 where I was just like looking for other jobs. I was just always looking on LinkedIn, like I want to do something in production or media that's a bit more like cool, yeah, you know, right. I just want to do something that's, you know, and so I remember looking on LinkedIn and I saw a job posting for a, a field reporter at TMZ. So and, you got uh, that from LinkedIn? Oh yeah, I, I got it from a, from a quick apply LinkedIn. You know, I you just never... quick, quick apply and, and you don't have to even fill out anything. <sighs> yeah, it's you don't do like, anything, yeah. You don't I've never gotten anything, anything from LinkedIn. Nothing from LinkedIn had, in a decade. Yeah. And you got a field reporter from TMZ. And I just had a good feeling about it. I'll never forget. I called my girlfriend and I said, babe, I applied for a job at, at TMZ today. I'm probably going to get it. Do I take the job when it's offered? And she was like, oh, you're, getting, you're, you're rushing it. You're rushing it. I'm like, give it 10 days. And 10 days later, they offered me a job. Wow. And I literally, they wanted me like, like literally they interviewed me Wednesday and it was like, we want you to fly to LA and start Monday for training. Wow. So what did you do? Did you fly out and did you have to crash with yeah. people or? Oh no, I quit my job. So I had I just gotten promoted at that company. They had just promoted me, yeah. but, the way like... that their, but the way that their uh, promotion system worked was I had basically been like the admin person for like the creative team for like, two years right and i wanted to be like a production manager and they yeah. promoted me to production assistant which i don't uh, think they realized that that job title is like yeah, atrocious not... in america 
like, like uh, sir, sir, excuse me. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like not when, no, when you work in house at a creative agency and you're working across all of these different projects. Yeah. And to the point where you're like, actually, basically they just needed a way in their hierarchy yeah. to like call nah. people a certain thing. And because right. Right. I was, it, it just didn't make sense. And it was right. like, I can't like, I, because basically I would have been locked in at a production assistant job title for like the next two or three years, which how that that's just like, the way that it would have been. Like, you know, I mean, just how, because like, you do like yeah. one production assistant job and you're like, Oh, I got this. Like, I understand. Like, it's like kind of tough the first, you know, maybe a few well, days on set and, it, and then, or whatever. And then you just like, and it's a di- Oh, I got in the way that this team was structured. It was like, we were a film team of eight with like two executive producers couple of senior producers a couple of producers and then me right like the production manager the yeah. day up like yeah. i'm not a production assistant and in any case it, it was semantics in any case yeah but yeah. it, it a slap but, in but the it, face it, nonetheless but yeah i feel yeah, exactly because i had been i had been a production assistant for like the past two years and finally they were giving me that job title but i was going to be locked in at it for but anyway i wasn't happy with the content we were creating in terms of like, it was great content. It was high level, high budget, but it just wasn't exciting to me at that time in my life. Um, So yeah. So basically um, I I flew out to LA and no, they put me up in a hotel for three weeks and I, um, that's TMZ. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Literally (laughs) I, you know, I, I, I flew into LAX. There's a, uh hotel right near there and mm-hmm. then the tmz offices are in geez what's it's called i forget what it's called playa vista so right okay. near the airport actually yeah. and so my first day dude i went in there and like no joke my first hour is just like hey how you doing hey how you doing and then they just give me a bag with a camera and battery and they say get out there you're gonna meet this dude so it's in Beverly a, Hills and start It's training. a run before you walk situation. Oh where, yeah. My where first like day. The, there's no like, my, hey, like, we, you know, we're going to wean you into this and like, you're going to follow so-and-so. They were just like, get out there, like full on night My crawler. first day, my first day at TMZ, I tried to conduct interviews with Helen Mirren, uh, Adam <gasps> Sandler and Julio Jones, all in Beverly Hills. All Very minor people. The, minor people. All pretty much at the same intersection, but just throughout the day. Right where there's like it's this intersection where there's like a couple of like really they're not even nice restaurants. It's just, just like where they the restaurants that are in yeah. Beverly Hills. Yeah. 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 And they put you out there and then so I spent three weeks just learning how to do the job on the streets of LA with funny enough, the same guy that they tried to move to Nashville when TMZ tried to launch in Nashville. They brought a guy oh, named funny. I don't want to name names here. No, name no, Dante, no. but they tried to bring Dante here. And, uh, <laughs> I don't want to do the thing, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Dante's the Dante's the man, actually. Yeah, so he's the one. He, I mean, funny enough, Dante interviewed Dusty Slay outside of Zanies in like 2015, and it ended up on the TV show, probably because they were just starving for content that day. Right. And Dante's the one that trained me. That's so that was a pretty cool, a pretty yeah, cool thing. little full so, circle thing there. Yeah, so that I spent three weeks 
hitting the streets of LA. That sounds uh, terrifying to me. I, and while I, for those three weeks, within those three weeks, I got five interviews published on the website. In my first three weeks of training, yeah. five of my interviews got published <laughs> on the website. Then they sent me to New York to do the job. Oh, so I went back to New York. Back to New York. So then I went back to New York to be the guy running around the streets where I did it for about six months in New York. Okay. And then winter was a fast approaching and I was like, I cannot hang outside trying to interview celebrities in this winter. Right. And I want to be productive at the time. Migos was like, you know what I mean? This was 2017 super bowls coming to Atlanta. Like Atlanta had everything going on. And I volunteered to go down to Atlanta for the winter hire and train a couple of people that would be in Atlanta moving forward. And I would just get content because I knew where to hang out. Like I know where celebrities hang out in Atlanta. Right. And so I did that for a couple of months before then kind of going back to, to New York. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So, so this would be, so then this puts us at 2018. Okay. So, so it's 2018. So winter of 2017, then we're in 2017, of I'm in Atlanta. Okay. In 2018, in you're back in New York. But I, if I remember correctly, you went to, did you go back to LA though? So then I went back to LA. <laughs> in, okay. Yeah, all so right. That, I, yeah. I was like, am I so then I, yeah. Okay. So then I go back to New York. So let me look at the and... notes. Let me look at the notes that I took. See, I was, so, yeah, but that so, great thing is like, well, <laughs> you knew this. This is all new to me. So yeah. I'm just following so I, along. So too, I go like, back to yeah, New York. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I go back to New York and then I take a, I get a couple of really incredible interviews, <laughs> some really great, you know, TV clips. And then I take like a three to four month break from TMZ. And they were okay uh, with that. They were just like, yeah. I mean, just you're crushing it. So it takes some time. Well, no, technically I quit. Ah, okay. Oh, okay. I was just, I, uh, you know, to make a long story short, the job was exhausting. I can imagine. Um, like it sounds, it sounds absolutely and, atrocious. And, and spiritually, it yeah. was just tough. And, and my whole, my whole objective was to kind of, I want to, I want to just create as much content as I can in the short amount of time as possible because I don't know how sustainable the situation will be for me. So, while I was in the field for TMZ, I was obsessive. I really was like. I don't yeah. know how sustainable this is. So I want to get as much content as I can while I'm working here. And so I burnt myself out. And the place is also burned its people out inherently. But so I took a little break. I quit. Uh, and But then come September of 2018, they call me back. They're like, listen, we know you don't want to be in the field anymore, but we got a job in L.A., on the news desk, you'll be a news reporter on the show, but also in real life. What do you think? And so I went out to LA for a year and did that job where I was in the office every day. I was like an on-air video correspondent on the digital stuff. Okay. I would report on TMZ Live. I would pitch on the TV show every now and then. But my main my main on-air duties were was part of their like their like digital Instagram and YouTube show called uh, TMZ Newsroom. Um, okay. But then, yeah, I was on TMZ Live and, and the other show quite a bit. And, you know, my job there was to produce stories. So instead of, instead of my videos being published, I had to P promote the videos. 
No, I had to find stories. Like I had to, oh, I had oh, to find oh. new stories. Like I had to oh, get wow. dirt. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. that seems that seems stories. exhausting a on tip, a different a level. Tip, yeah. A tip comes in, and I have to investigate it and determine whether Jesus, or not it's real dude. or not. And then, yeah. And so that's what I then did for a year before. I was going to um, say, did that burn? Yeah. Did you get burnout on that? Yeah, I mean, yes. And that's why I was only there again for a year. And I did that for a year. And then I left TMZ in September of 2019. And okay, still... that's when I moved to Nashville. That's fine. Okay. And and you're still doing stand-up this time, right? So like, when I go to LA, I you're doing really like the comedy store. Back... And... Yeah. So yeah. when I quit TMZ in New York, okay. I started getting back into stand-up a lot. Okay. Like, you know Roy Swin? I started co-producing that show with him that he does um, uh, in what... Brooklyn. I don't know if you know Royce, but he, he oh, does. Oh, oh, Royce, shows. Royce, Royce. Sorry, you. I, yeah. I heard. I heard the S in the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> I heard yeah. Royce Swin. <laughs> yeah. So the Smash Comedy Show. Uh, yeah, I was yeah, yeah. I was co-producing that with him, and oh, I was so you're the one to... that you're the one that didn't you're the one that ignored my email to do that show. <laughs> <laughs> When a Royce it's all coming booking, back. <laughs> Royce handled the booking. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah blame him. So, no, no, blame him. And so I started getting really back into comedy. And then one of the <laughs> one of my motivations for taking the gig in LA for TMZ was yes, I'm interested. It'd be really cool to be in the newsroom. Like I was in the TMZ newsroom, the TMZ yeah, cool. news meetings every single morning at 6 a.m. hearing like, what are we doing today? How are we gonna do it? you know you know like why are we doing it you yeah. know like and but i was also like i was like for i hadn't really i mean i'll be honest i didn't really do much comedy in new york i didn't give yeah. myself a fair shot to figure out if i was a good comedian in new york because i already knew and i felt like by doing comedy in new york while i knew i wasn't that good at the time I was just going to be exposing myself because I wasn't putting myself out there all the time. I had these jobs every time. Right. Like I had these jobs and, you know, the TMZ job, I could justify not doing comedy a bit easier because I was at least like on TV and interviewing celebrities. Right. And I'm still performing and I'm still producing content. And ultimately I've always seen myself as like a guy that wants to like host a talk show or something. Yeah. And so this was like a way for me to, do something because you can't just say you yeah yeah, you can't just say oh i want to host a talk show and i'll only do it if the perfect opportunity comes along it's like well if someone's giving you a uh, a camera and a license to talk to celebrities it's like well maybe this is your start you know Um, yeah i mean and you never know where these things are going to lead and it's always it's always funny where you're like oh this is the thing that's going to work right and then it and then it usually crashes and burns right. and then but something to something else so so far beyond what you thought was going to be the thing to help you out right. ends up being the thing that helps you out right yeah so then what after that like you you do all of this with tmz it takes you to different cities now what brings you to nashville yeah well i was gonna say so while i was in los angeles i really was doing comedy a lot like I would work during the day and then I would go do the open mics at night and LA has a different had a I mean maybe New York has a similar open mic approach but 
in LA, they have this just just these like slotted mics. You have like birch yeah, back Yeah, a bit tougher, you... I think, for open micers from just from my few experiences. It can be, it. but yeah. like it's also like for me, I saw it as a way to be more business minded because yeah. you have these places where you can go and you can sign up in advance and you know that oh, I'm already on the list and I know that this is a room of eight people and yeah, I mean they make there there's a you pay five dollars to do comedy. And, you know, but, you know, normally at a mic, you might buy a drink or something, but it's just a workout room. So it became this thing where I'm like, okay, if I'm working on 10 to 15 minutes, and I know that this is the 10 to 15 minutes that I'm working on, well, then I can slot myself in three, five minute rooms. And I can, each room is filled with eight different comedians, and we're all doing time. But at least I can work out bits and i'm not waiting to see if i'm going up i'm not driving two hours oh, somewhere exactly when you were going up and where yeah to be and at. so i was and so i was able to very strategically like after work go do 15 minutes of comedy mm-hmm. and work it out and then do it again the next night and then do it again the next night and then you know one of the things that was most amazing for me about la was i i got hooked up with a guy that produced a show at the comedy store a Friday night show in the original room at the comedy store. Hell yeah. And, and I started doing that and I would just have these like incredible sets where I felt like I was like levitating. Yeah, like the, the, the room. Was, yeah. yeah. Just the room. You could just feel something going on in there. And, you know, people come up to you after the show and they're like, don't, don't stop, you know, man, don't stop. Like, I like yeah, what you got going yeah, on. Like, yeah, don't yeah. stop. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting this at the comedy store, you know, and through TMZ. <laughs> got a little I bit of weight able... to it, you know? Yeah. yeah right. and, and through TMZ, I was able to invite some people out to my show that like I, that like I wanted to see me, like, right. You know, well, and then they, and a couple people came out. One person that I, we, we all know and respect like this person's art and uh and this guy came out sat front row watched kanye west no i mean <laughs> i mean just a just a showrunner yeah. of nickelodeon the guy that created all that created keenan and kel yeah so uh, that you want to that you want someone, to yeah, see your some, set some, yeah yeah just a guy that i was able to we were we were able to run a really good story about what they were doing mm-hmm. uh we were able to run that on TMZ and then through the conversation, Hey, I do comedy. Hey, he's like, Hey man, I'd love to come see you. Next right. thing you know, he's there and, and we're just talking and, you know, doing those shows at the comedy store were really great. And then when I left, when I left TMZ, I just found myself kind of at this weird moment where I'm like, I, you know, I, I pretty much went straight from TMZ to a full-time remote job. Right. So I wasn't like in LA without a job. Like, Oh, what am I going to do now? Like I could have stayed in LA. I had a remote job that paid fine and I could have stayed, but I had this conversation with myself where I was basically like, my whole life is on the East coast. My whole family's on the East coast. Yeah. I've never really felt all that comfortable here. If I stay in LA, why am I staying here? Yeah. And the answer was because I'm trying to be famous. (laughs) and i had to leave immediately like (laughs) i had to leave immediately it's like i can't like that that would have been the only reason i would have stayed in la i didn't like living there enough i didn't like the comedy scene enough to stay 
It's not where I really saw myself grinding it out. I was like, if I stay here, it's really because I think I'm going to get famous here. Yeah. Well, and I, I can't I, but stay that's LA, right? And I can't stay here. I have to leave. Yeah. I, I can't. It, and that was just a conversation with me being like, okay, is that what I want to per, put first in why I'm alive and why I'm doing everything I'm doing? And I was like, so now let's figure out because now it's like, no, like now how I ended up in Nashville was like, I want to continue doing comedy. Right. I want the stakes to be high. I want to work with people that I respect, yeah. but I, I, I really no longer, I really no longer care about like well, doing we, anything. That's like, I'm, I'm in no rush anymore. Right. Like, I, right. Like we talked about this, like longevity is now appealing. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. just the, the having process, a life, you know? yeah. Having a life in the process of like, uh, having the career you want based on your own standards and the way you want to approach it is so much more appealing that, and I, I was told this early on in comedy and I, you know, I know some guys, they don't believe in it, but I disagree, whatever, teach their own fine. But you know, comedy is a marathon. It's not a foot rate. It's not a, you know, 400 meter sprint, right? You can do the 400 meter sprint. You can find some success and then you burn out and you disappear or, you know, who knows what happens. You go into acting and you're on whatever. But I just, I, yeah. But there's just like, I don't know. I think it's a, it's a better process to just learn who you are, who you are, what you want to talk about and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, it's also like I, I made this metaphor earlier today and I don't know if it's a good one, but it's like, imagine you're like. like Please drop it here. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like imagine you're like a baker and you're trying to like earn credibility and respect in the world of baking. And it's like, yeah, you can go work at like the best bakery in the world, right? And you can rely on your credibility in baking to be the fact that you work at the best bakery in the world. But someone is still going to ask you when you're at your house to make a cinnamon roll. And it's like, so it's like you can rely on the fact that you're doing it in the place that is known to be the best. But at the end of the day, you have to become the best. You right. cannot rely on the senior in to give you the life and career and comedy that you want. And I don't, I don't want to, I didn't want myself to start using a scene I'm in as like a crutch or something like that, where yeah. it's like, no, like I need to go to a place where I'm going to become good because I went to a place that we were told you go, it's that's good, good. And everyone's good. But like, I, yeah. But like, I need to, I, where can I go to get good? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. You know? I mean, that's a great, yeah. I think that's, I think that's what Nashville is, has been so good about is at least from, from my experience of moving here, everyone really cares about stand up, right? You, there's all the other stuff we have to do these days, right? You got to do TikTok, you got to do Instagram, you got to do all the stuff, but all these comics are showing up at the mics. They're showing up at the bar shows. They're showing up at the club shows. They're working new material. They're writing constantly. And, and they're showing up. They're showing up for each other, which is and they're showing up for each other. And everyone's very supportive for the most part. And uh, you know, and and it's it's good. It's like and it's a and I think there's a healthy level of competition too, where it where it's like if you see someone get an opportunity that you wanted, you don't do the New York thing or the LA thing where you're like, why is that not me? You go, you support their set, you watch it, and you learn from it, you know, and you buy them a drink afterwards, and then you go back and you focus on yourself, right? Like, so, I, yeah, I think there's some good there. Uh, one thing I did want to ask you, 
when when you're working at TMZ, you're in LA. Did, was there a weird like? I imagine you probably performed with some pretty cool people at the comedy store. Was there ever a thing of like, oh, Mr. TMZ, I'm gonna stop talking right now? Did that ever yeah. anything like that ever happen to you? Um, <laughs> no. I mean, because I could just see Mark no. Barron kind of walking and be like, all right, okay. Nope. Well, no, and and, and, I, and again, I never, I never use TMZ as as a real credit. Sometimes, okay, a host would because like I didn't realize that's what they that, know about like, you. Yeah, that's what they know about me, and and to them, they think that that helps with their audience and stuff like that. Um, it it really it never really impacted my comedy as much. Um. But like I did find myself in a couple of situations where I like, you know, when I was in LA, one of my friends is like a photographer for Getty and she was, she was uh, photographing a a party (laughs) at like a pretty famous comedy writer and podcaster's house and people like Sarah Silverman were there and Craig Robinson and Weird Al Yankovic and Adam Scott and some of the cast from It's Always Sunny and Oh, and I man, felt awesome. Uh, yeah, Andy Richter, Matt Walsh, like it was a wild. And I'm just like, and like there were maybe a hundred. A lot of up and comers in that. In that, <laughs> maybe a hundred, maybe a hundred and fifty people total at this house party. But my friend was the Getty photographer. She knows I'm a comedian. We were also supposed to hang out that night. So like, she was like, "Come pick me up and just walk into the house." And I walked in, and literally, like Adam Scott was like right there. Like literally, that's the first person yeah. I saw. But I, I felt like I couldn't talk to any of them because I felt like if it came up like, what do you do? I would have been like, because uh. uh, like I could say, oh, I'm yeah, a comedian. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I mean, but it's also like. See, I don't mind saying I'm a comedian. Like when I was working in that world, I, obviously I'm not working for TMZ. I'm a you know production coordinator for live TV and that kind of stuff. But I, I, would, I would always default to stand up because I felt that it was more relatable to actors and talk yeah. like especially when I met like A-list celebrities or whatever that that was when like Glenn Close once we were doing this play and Glenn Close was like I bought you guys a bar for the night <laughs> and we were all just like Glenn Close <laughs> right? right and then she hung out with us and you know she's she's drinking and I was the last person she talked to by the end of the night so she's hammered but very sweet still very composed and I and I said and, and I'm talking to her and I said something like uh I didn't even bring up stand up. Someone else was like, "Oh, we'll just stand up." And I was talk, and she was like, "Oh, I think that's the bravest thing anyone can do." And I just remember being like, "You're Glenn Close, like, right? Sh- like, shut up, like, just." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, right. "You're amazing," you know. Like, right. It's this weird thing when you try and connect to them. You're like, "You're so far removed from what where I'm at. I'm so far far removed where where you're at." Like, I. I, I don't know what to say to you. It, yeah. really, uh, right. and it's like, and I could but say, I'm not going to say I'm from TMZ. Up. I know right. that. Well, it's like, and I could yeah. say, oh, I do stand-up to avoid it, but then later on, if it comes out, oh, I'm from, I also work at TMZ. Oh, so you didn't tell me that at the top? And you're like, oh, well, yeah. It's like, yeah. You and know, then it, like, cut, it cuts to you, and you're like wearing glasses all of a sudden, and like you got like a hoodie on, and you're like trying to hide yeah. and blend in the background. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's... No, it's my name's uh, actually Tevin. <laughs> yeah so it was it was a it was kind of a, a a weird kind of interesting thing like that but yeah i mean yeah. there was definitely a lot of you know especially in la you tell people you know i don't know i mean it's weird right because a lot of people in la work in the industry and if you work in a 
in LA in any capacity where you have a client, uh, you know, yeah. chances are, if I tell you that I work at TMZ, you're going to be like, you're going to be like, not totally into talking to me. Right. Unless you're Even, Cuban. And, and, yeah. And a lot of people I was able to like, really be like, listen, like everything you tell me is like off the record. Like I'm not that guy. Like yeah. I'm not going to go tell my editor something. Turns on the you want me to, I'm not that unless guy. I have to, and I don't <laughs> want to come to you unless like we have to, it's like, you know, it's like I was I was I wasn't chasing like and that's one reason why I wasn't the biggest cultural fit there was I wasn't chasing like breaking news. I was more like just trying to do lighthearted stuff like yeah, you the whole goal of TMZ, lives. Yeah, yeah, the whole goal of TMZ yeah. is to break news, right? Like a story why can't it be that about good been things? out there. Well, they want to like get they want to get the exclusive news. They, yeah. Right, and they want to get the exclusive, but that could also mean like Seth MacFarlane granting an epic make-a-wish, right? That's also right, and uh, I'd rather hear about that every day. Yeah. An exclusive, and so I was chasing that beat, like who's donating yeah, yeah. what this Thanksgiving, I you know? And, yeah, 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 and and it, it just wasn't a cultural fit, you know what I'm yeah. saying? No, and, I get uh, you. But right. but because of that, because of that, I had that approach. I mean, I'm not gonna lie; like I did walk away from TMZ with some some friends and some contacts and some people that like like i you know i um uh, we did good work with each other there was integrity yeah. you know yeah and, yeah, um, yeah and i can still call on them and 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 they appreciate that about me because they know what i was dealing with from yeah up um, here you know and yeah. so you know like i i tried to do that do that gig you know with with you know by keeping integrity you know to the best of yeah. your ability that's awesome because you definitely could have gone the other route you know what i mean so, right well, and i mean if you look at any kind of media right now if you're yeah. breaking news on somebody if you're cracking an egg open yeah chances are were it's you great. complete yeah did you have complete integrity in getting that story maybe right. maybe not you know what right. i mean depending like, on, yeah depending on the story sure in the world of we're breaking news it's like you know you're yeah so it can be yeah but that's why I'm like, <laughs> I, had to, I love I that every moment away. of like eh, we're about to go down this rabbit I, hole no, and I, had let's... To walk away. <laughs> I had to just walk away from it you know yeah um, well at least it also wasn't like a veiled experience like, you know like with, like with the new york times right. you know like there's always this like this veiled exp- like uh well we're breaking this news whatever and it's like well now now i'm confused about where you stand right tmz at right. least like for whatever it was they weren't really they weren't really holding any punches they're, they're pretty much being who they are you know and like i'm, I'm not like I'm, i get home from work and i just i'm like well let's see what's going on with you know whoever on tmz you know i'm not just like i want to see what's going on with brad paisley you know like it's not right. like that but at least like i wouldn't be shocked if they they're not going to put anything out there that i'm gonna be like i can't believe tmz's saying this or doing this <laughs> or, you know like right at like this point consi- you're like it's, con- oh. con- it's consistent um yeah all right, so you're, you've been in Nashville for over a year. You're having a great mm-hmm. time. How's your comedy experience been so far? Yeah, comedy experience has been good. I mean, it's been because I'm at this point now where I, you know, I feel like I've got like 30 minutes that could be stretched to longer, and and you know, I, it's been good to be able to do longer sets and to kind of perform and again just be performing in the South again. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I think it's been great. I mean, I the goal moving forward is to just get on the road more 
doing exactly the kind of stuff you guys are doing, you know, out there just self-producing and, you know, just spreading the good word, doing your thing. And, you know, cause I mean, that's the way to do it in, in a lot of ways is, you Getting know, you got to route. You. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to I mean, uh, take over my credit card debt at any point, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you spots and yeah. you just take on the debt. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, the people here are incredibly nice. You know, the scene, like I said, the stakes are high here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's growing. And that's, it's growing. Ex- and that's exciting about it is you can do comedy, you can enjoy your life, and and the stakes are high, you know. And mm-hmm. and I met, and I always go through this weird thing, you know, because I started doing comedy at eighteen. I don't know if other people like, you know, go through the same thing, but I'm always every five years like, I'm a different person, you know. Yeah. And so I'm always yeah. having to like start over, and and I'm okay with it because I'm all about the longevity. And, yeah. Yeah. And, I, and all that stuff. And, and I don't want to be the same comic that I was when I was like 21 or 22. Yeah, like now, give you, that. you know, I feel, I feel um, like I'm finally easing into my, my final form. Almost, your personality's you know I mean? on like, stage. Yeah. 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 And I actually like, it's weird to say this, but at 36, like I finally feel comfortable where I'm at in life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. I'm starting to be able to, channel that into also being that comfortable person on stage yeah yeah and it's more relatable and people can because that's one thing you do so well on stage Drew. is like you're you on stage yeah you know and it's so crazy yeah it takes so long to get there (laughs) yeah 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 and 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 i think evan's the same way where it's like evan doesn't get off and then starts talking to somebody everyone's like who are you? Who, who where was the guy on stage where's yeah, that guy right. at? i want to hang out with yeah, that guy yeah you know like yeah you both are very consistent with your yeah. personalities well, thank you yeah yeah, yeah. and, and that's, i think yeah. that's where you find the success you know what i mean like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Really, and yeah. same and same to you will i mean in in the same regard and and that's where i think you know i i feel like right now like i'm at the beginning stages of like the comedian that i am to become the, and so want, it's a bit yeah yeah, and that I want to become, and it and it is a bit messy right now. It's like it, it's sure. a, yeah, but I'm as but it I'm, should be, I'm, you know. But I'm trying to like open myself up to where I'm like, listen, I have to be honest with myself every step of the way, you know. Oh and yeah, because so, audience you know, can so, tell, man. They can tell if you're, yeah. you're they can not, tell, yeah, maybe like, not into it or mm-hmm. you're not being genuine. Like they can tell. Right now, stressed. Yeah, but right now, sometimes that works. So. Yeah. Uh, it's right now the, the thing that that's most motivating to me about kind of what i'm doing on stage is like I, I you know sometimes when i don't think i have anything funny to say just going up there and rambling people are finding it funny you know and, and that's mining the funny out of whatever it is yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's never been a place where i've been at where people were like that's good oh you were just i mean just you know and, and a lot of it is in delivery and tone of yeah. voice and just being able to like be present like that was something that like i had had kind of a hard time with or wasn't being mindful of and now i'm trying to like be present and even if i'm going up there and maybe i don't have any new material or anything like that like just by being present it's like finding a new bit in an old joke i'm I'm finding confidence and just oh i'm actually a comedian now maybe like finally yeah, yeah you know yeah. like i'm wow. finally a comedian now maybe it just should be the title of everyone's autobiography 
Well, it looks like you're getting your, you know, you're getting your producer shoes back on here in Nashville. So tell us about uh, glazed yeah. and, and and is it glazed and crazed? Oh glazed and crazed. We've got to mention. Yeah. So we got uh, me and Carl Roberts the third CR three CR three. Yep. We're doing a new show in in the heart of East Nashville, right near Five Points at the Donut Distillery. Show's also called two Blaze. blocks from me. <laughs> also two blocks from Will. Across from Dino's, Blazed and Crazed. It's at Donut Distillery. We're doing it the second Friday of every month. So Any- this month is December tenth. Okay. Uh, nice. The last one that we did was you know the first one, and a really Sold great out. crowd. Sold out. Um, Jeff Tate. So, yeah. Amy Miller. Jeff, Jeff Tate. Yeah, Amy Miller, Lee Popovich. It's amazing. It was awesome. It's a great show. It was awesome. It was a great show. So if people want to buy tickets, they can go to deweycomedy.com. D-E-W-E-Y. We'll put the link up comedy. for everybody. Deweycomedy.com. Yeah. It's going to become a Dewey then, show no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, I'm also, I know, and then I'm also producing a, uh, you know, like a little web series y'all mentioned at the top, a uh, little interview. We got some episodes up. It's called Show and Tell. We bring people on that do interesting stuff to to just do a classic kindergarten style show and tell. I love it's it. It's got a little edge to it. It's got a little bite to it. Um, the John Hickok episode is still my favorite. Yeah. You know, just so we, the we, grenade we, just brings a grenade yeah. on just uh, as a grenade. <laughs> so we got to get more episodes fired up, but we're stoked just about, you know, you know, one of the things coming into Nashville this year was let's just have a year of getting things set up. Let's get some things. To, let's have some, sure. some what do they call it? Proof, proof of proof of concepts set up, and then see what's sticking. You know, I feel good about what what's up and 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 what's what's about to stick. But yeah, I mean yeah. the the donut distillery show. Hoping that December you know 10th. the owners there. The owners there are great. They have these amazing miniature donuts. They have beer. They have liquor. I mean, it is a cool spot. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, I got a feeling. Yeah, parking. Uh, Free parking. That's called glut. It should be gluttony, gluttony central. Yeah. Oh. Well, right. I got a feeling you're going to be a a captain on uh on the, a stone cold sober team here before too long, man. So got some oh, some shows in your future that. in 2022, you know. So I'd love to hear that, man. Well, good, man. Well, where all can they uh, find you on social media? Where can they follow you, man? Yeah, luckily there aren't too many Evan Burks with my last name uh so e-v-a-n-b-e-r-k-e on instagram evan burke and then my website evan burke.com um, you have a website that's a oh yeah you gotta no have a website. a website i know i have my a website i didn't know evan had a website oh yeah my name <laughs> my name's proud com. moments there's some yeah. stuff on there got a lot of tmz clips on there a lot of those TMZ clips <laughs> on there. Okay. okay all right a lot of episodes of show and tell on there all right it's on youtube i didn't know you had a website yeah, so we're up there. I love it. Right. Well, Will, what yeah. about you? Where can they uh, where can they find you on social media? Oh, they can find me at uh, GoDaddy.com. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, you can find WillAblesComedy.com. It's where I post all my shows and all that good stuff. And then just on Instagram at WillAblesComedy. Uh, you can find me on OnlyFans. No, okay. Uh, and then you can all just Venmo me at Will Abels. I'm <laughs> the Venmo in right here. Uh, I am so broke. <laughs> uh, well, check me out on DrewHarrisonComedy.com. It's got links to everything. You can, as always, you can find past episodes of My Funny Friends wherever you listen to podcasts. We're up on Apple, you know, Spotify, Red Radio, like all those uh 
great podcast uh, streams. Click subscribe on our YouTube channel. And as always, like, share, subscribe. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank uh, you, guys. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. Yeah.